All right, you ready to do this? Yeah. Okay, I got an intro. Okay, sweet. Spoiler alert! Here is this week's show show with Sweets and Slaney. The days are all bleeding together again. Yeah. Yeah. Although, at least we're getting some sun. We just had like a, like a, it seemed like a nine day stretch there where it was just cloudy every day. Or April rainy. in general was a huge drag. Yeah. And freezing. And I'll mm-hmm. say, uh, May so far has been better, but freezing. Still cold. Yeah. Yeah. It still doesn't feel like, we've had a couple like 15, 16 degree days. Yeah. And then the rest are like seven. Like today it's seven degrees outside. I mean, I can't complain because you know how I get when it's like really hot. That's true. We, You're about to hit your window. We fully intend to get a heat pump. Yeah. Like we can do that. We can pull the trigger on that anytime. We did like the, 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 the proactive stuff you're supposed to do first. We had like the survey done and everything. Right. And we just, it's one of those things where we just can't seem to decide today's the day to, to call them. And yeah. To make a phone call. Up. And like, again, we, I mean, it's too late now in order to, uh, take advantage of this coming summer because it's going to take forever to get somebody. You think so? Yeah. Yeah, probably. Yeah, I think so. We need to do that too. Mm, so yeah, don't feel bad. But I haven't even made any moves toward that. It's been a long time since we did a podcast. And the last one, That's... if memory serves, wasn't great. <laughs> we could, It was another, it was like second week after Will Smith slap. And we were just trying to, <laughs> we had slap we were trying to, trying to piece it together. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that gave, that rattled everybody. Yeah. And so it shall continue to. Uh, how are you doing? How's your week? How's uh, how's being a firefighter? Uh, training's going well. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, just intense test on this coming Tuesday. So I've been uh, really just hunkered down. Nothing super exciting. Forgetting um, general things that I'm supposed to be doing. And also Jen was gone this week too. So that kind of like didn't complicate matters. But she's a good, um, I don't know, just like person to have yeah, in my life she at is. all times. So <laughs> totally there you agree. Go, Jen. <laughs> uh, Jen has been good for you. Yeah, definitely. Um so yeah, without that uh without her, it's it was uh it was just like I, I was a little more scrambled probably than I would otherwise be. Wait a second, did you just correct yourself from calling your wife that? Yep. Yeah. I did. It's something that's occurred to me. I was is, hoping that I caught it early enough. Is that, that the only time it. it's acceptable to refer to someone as this is when you're introducing them. This right. is my friend Matt. See this mass, this like fleshy right. mound. This is a human who <laughs> and matters. Here to me. we have a person <laughs> right. that I know well yeah. named Colin. Voila, my friend. Yeah. <laughs> Ta da. Allow me to introduce this, this over here, this like confusing thing. <laughs> you should meet him. That's a good point. Yeah. Strange way of phrasing. Right. Um, well, what are you watching? What what's going on? Oh my god, I f- I feel like every now and then I have I'm so excited to tell you about like the six new movies that I watched and the two new TV series that I binged. And yeah. then other times for season upon season, I just come back to tell you that I watched the new This Is Us. Right. Or like, I I mean, I did finish Euphoria, but we've kind of talked that out. Oh, well, I didn't know that you finished it. Oh, yeah. We finished it probably close to a week ago. So you watched the end of season two. I watched the end of season two. You watched two. like three episodes. Yeah. I watched. <laughs> I watched from the episode where... Rue was basically like running around away from the police. Crazy. That's a crazy starter episode. It was a crazy. Everyone was talking about it the next day. And that's yeah. why I was like, I think I just happened to catch like the monumental episode of Euphoria that I'm like, uh, well, yeah, that's the one me into where it. she's like a real crackhead. Yes. She's like shaking, sweating. It's just so sad. Yeah. I mean, it's that's a crazy episode because 
it starts and her she, crazy drugged it like i was being introduced to all of these people yeah like, oh wow this like crazy woman without feelings is like her kind of like pusher so that woman Lori, she's only been in like four episodes of the whole series okay but like yeah that's the episode where you're like is rue gonna become a prostitute in this episode yeah <laughs> like, yeah exactly like, like, at, nothing is out of bounds at the start of the episode she was fighting with her mom yeah. And now maybe she's going to become a prostitute. Now she's definitely getting injected with, uh, was it like... It was morphine. Morphine? Morph- like heroin, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was wild. And then, oddly, the two-part season finale, which is the play... Right. ...is kind of light on Rue. Yeah. Rue is just like in the audience making funny faces. Totally. And then it's kind of dealing with other people. It's very artful and very confusing. Yeah. (laughs) Because they're constantly blending fiction and reality. Right. And did you get all of the uh, references to how high caliber of a play it was for a high school play? Yeah, but I kind of loved it. Yeah. It It was good. Like it was supposed to be good. I th- I think that yeah we're making jokes about like how this the drama budget at this high school is is unrealistic but like I think the whole show is a fantasy yes, it's supposed to be like completely ridiculous but yeah. I mean having done a high school musical it's it is just so it's honestly it's um idealistic right it's they're trying to imagine what it really could be yeah, yeah. what's even crazier to me is that the school would allow this R rated production. Yeah. Written, written by a student and they're all like saying the f word and there's like an it's raining men sequence where like all the all the football <laughs> dudes are blowing each other in the locker room yeah. like this isn't allowed Wait, where were the teachers on this that said i was in cabaret and that was an inappropriate high school production well that's fair but it wasn't oh. like specifically targeting people in the high school no that's true <laughs> that yeah. was another thing where t- teachers seemed to be like oh yeah this is the depiction of your sister sure go and for honestly, it honestly like we like maud apatow and we like her character but if that were to happen in real life, it would be majorly cringe. Oh, yeah. If, like, your high school uh, peer wrote a play and, like, a bunch of people you know are like, in it. It's just about all my friends. It's not also not a good story. No. no. It's called Our Life. Our Life. Not a great title. No. No. She's no Judd Apatow. Definitely not. Not in that <laughs> It's no The Bubble, which right. I still haven't finished. Anyway, I really like really like Euphoria. Um, I watched a couple of Life and Beths. Okay. Here's my thing. I like it. I'll finish it. But she's kind of not not doing train wreck again. Yeah, it's true. You know, it's she's true. like she's kind of an introverted version of her train wreck character. So rather than like being openly a hot mess, she's internally a hot mess. Yeah, I think it's just supposed to kind of be her. I think that's the the kind of trend. Well, to there. the extent that Michael Sarah is her husband, who this seems like he's autistic. Well, it's only okay to say that because she says he is. She's like, right. my husband's on the autism spectrum and that's like my favorite thing about him. And right. like, clearly that's what they're going for with, with this tells it like it is Michael Sarah love interest. Yep. Um, but I like it. I find it pretty good, pretty watchable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and the stuff with young Amy is sweet. Like where they're giving this backstory about like why she is so insecure. Yeah. It gets, there's like a couple episodes towards the end where it's like, oh, that's a little heavy. Right. But overall, it's good. And I've seen three severances oh okay i'm I'm in that part where people are saying like it's a little bit of a lull yeah it's it's necessary but it's just like yeah that's not how i see it but you've seen the full thing so you would know better than me but i just like the the third episode that i watched they didn't need to do that episode they like the only thing that i can't really remember what happened okay so they're treading water with heli 
trying to get on the elevator big time. She spent two full episodes trying to sneak notes into the elevator. Right. And that could have been one episode. Yeah. Really, the only thing that mattered in the third episode is that at the end, Petey collapses in the gas station parking lot. But they could have done that elsewhere. Right. I'm just saying they could have tightened up a little bit. But it's fully my understanding that it really picks up and is worth it in the end. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. Um, so you're three through that. Mm-hmm. Three through Life and Beth. I've only been watching Winning Time this week because Jen has been gone. So I haven't even been finishing Slow Horses, which is good. Yep. Very good. And Tokyo, uh, what's it called? Tokyo Vice. My understanding of Winning Time is that it's like a real shit show and it's like clearly <laughs> fiction. Yeah, it's it's definitely like the way Bill Simmons talks about it. I, I take his point of view on it because, or I listen to his point of view on it because he was like, I was around for it and it's very entertaining. Yeah. But like- they're going so big on like they're they're so accurate with the little things like who was on the court at the at that time and like all the names are right and like who would have been injured or like what they're like nailing all of that stuff james cameron's winning time yeah and then getting getting way bigger things completely wrong yeah or like i don't know just twisting it and he's like but it's super entertaining so i like it right um so that's kind of like, I don't know, I wasn't really into winning time after a few episodes, but I kind of kept on with it and it's got something. It's interesting, isn't it, though, that it's like this big splashy show and it's talked about as little as it is, that it's not like thought to be the hot HBO show right now? No. And I'm not really sure why. That, maybe it's just too niche. The subject matter's not for everybody. Yeah. But it should be for a lot of people. Weirdly, I don't know if... if uh, we own this town is the like splashy HBO. I mean, I guess Barry is the splashy HBO. Well, and show let's right and now. let's talk about that too. But I would say that the watch is not a good indicator of what the big splashy HBO show is. I, I just happen see, to like the quality show going. You say this like I I haven't listened to the watch in okay. quite a while. All right, while. fair enough. Yeah, uh, I just know you get some of your TV takes from the watch, and that's not a bad thing. But I haven't heard that much about the watch at all, other than I saw a about. We Own the City? Excuse me, yes. Okay. Um, other than that, I saw John Bernthal on Colbert, and he was really gregarious and likable. I find that funny, because it's like, it's such a, anyone who liked The Wire, this is The Wire 2.0, like it is, yep. anyways, we can talk about that later too. Yeah. But I, I, I just find it strange that, maybe it's because it's like a Monday night. It's like, not a Reddit HBO show. Maybe that's, maybe that's my... Uh, uh, lens yeah on no one on it's, reddit is it, talking it's about weird it weird that people aren't talking about it yeah um but uh i have watched barry yeah what do you Barry's think about barry good. i like it i like that man i did not see it coming i don't think this is really a spoiler but that like barry was kind of going to become that that violent figure in in uh his girlfriend's life yeah and she was gonna basically just be trying to like please him bold eh yeah Kind of a crazy twist, which they must have seen coming all along. Well, it's interesting because the whole show has been predicated on him being deeply flawed, but sympathetic. Yeah. And then he starts behaving in ways that are just um, unforgivable. Right. Particularly in the second episode, not just with how he uh, treats Sally, but the way he's being a lunatic about Mr. Cousineau. Yeah. He's like, actually, man, like she calls him on it. She's like, you were seeming a little manic right now. He, like, wants to kill him, but then also, like, he keeps saying, I love you. Right. So I thought the second episode of Barry was 
awesome for all those reasons. Totally. Just like a really, like a really amazing performance on his part and like gripping. I thought the first episode back was a little disappointing. Yeah. Because I was confused and there was no effort to like catch us up, even though you and Mm. I had tried to talk about like where we are in Barry. Yeah. And I truly didn't remember. And I didn't understand. I didn't understand who was mad at who. I didn't understand why. I still don't really understand why Fuchs is in, is, where is he in Russia? Yeah, I'm not sure, but he's he's basically under the control of like Noho Hank. Like, but he wasn't Noho even Hank in is. episode two. No. So Noho for, Hank is with the villain from the Cristobal, right? From the first season. Did did we see that happen? No, this I don't was think just, so. Okay, I this think they just, decided to pivot that way. I like that. I like it too. It's funny. And the other thing that I didn't, I I felt a little uh, abandoned on was Sally is a showrunner. Yes, I have really no memory of her like hitting it big she, yeah i don't know if she was like meeting with agents but at the end of the it, the idea is it, it's based on her her play right wherein barry playing her ex-boyfriend who was abusive like really steals the show right remember that like a scary moment where he like is fueled by just having either killed somebody or at least like done something really crazy in his secret life yeah and he uses that to like really drive home her play right and he slams her up against the table yeah and i guess the idea is like that was so good that they're gonna make it into a show right yeah i don't know uh i'm liking it it's one of those shows you almost like do you super look forward to it are you kind of just like all right we got another episode of barry i was looking forward to it it's been a long time since i watched a half an hour show week by week Mm. so it's it's not that meaty in right. that sense it's over before you know it and you're like i guess i gotta wait another seven days now you were waiting on the final season of ozark to drop too nope you weren't waiting i gave on up that. on ozark you just gave up on in it. okay the first episode of season two i haven't watched it in years oh okay yeah. cool i thought it was you that was like waiting for the second half of ozark to come out so you could just like take take care of it all at once. i get that ozark is good although it's also my understanding that it's kind of like repetitive and like a little silly a little I crazy think it's grim for grim's sake i mm. can't get over this somebody could get their head blown off at any moment that's true um i think the first season was really good but I, I i'm not an authority on anything beyond that i haven't heard a lot about the finale basically being out like the series finale did you finish is now it done no we could because jen was gone so. i know how the series ends do you okay yeah, i read a synopsis Gotcha. Yep. Don't tell me. Oh, of course Don't not. hint to it. No, no, no. Um, But I, yeah, so I have that. Atlanta's been really cool. Yeah. I don't know if you've been watching Atlanta. Not a lot of talk about it, but I heard Liam Neeson is in it. I just saw that today. So he's, that's, it's not a new episode yet? I think it is. I, I th- I'm like two back. He's there as like a meta parody of his oddly racist comments from yes. three years ago? Yeah. All right. Yeah, the whole series has been crazy to follow so far. Yeah. Like, just very strange. Also, knowing that Donald Glover is comparing it all to Sopranos and, like, thinking that it's the greatest (laughs) show also tinges it in a different way for me. That's so interesting, considering we're going to talk about We Own This City, which is, like, also, as you mentioned, absolutely tied to the other greatest show of all time. Although, maybe not deliberately. Maybe it's not asking you to compare it to The Wire. It's not. kind of. It's not, but it just, like stylistically and like the way that the characters kind of are like for the most and part baltimore and ba- like police baltimore yeah. drugs crime and it's showing both sides it's very it's impossible like it's, not to draw that connection yeah but i guess if they're not saying hey it's wire 2.0 then they're knowing their place but right Donald it, does seem to be like he has a lot of 
I get the words confused. Bravado about uh, about Atlanta this season in particular. Yes, definitely. It seems like they waited a long time to finally release it. They're like, okay, the masterpiece is ready to come out. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, even the trailer, the like very strange trailer right. that we saw like a year that was like haunting, mm. <laughs> like six months ago or eight months ago. To be honest, I'm not sure I ever finished season two of Atlanta. No, I watched a scary episode, not Teddy Perkins, but there was another scary episode where might be Alfred. Somebody's like walking through the woods. Yeah. That was like a, an episode that they, they talked about a lot. It was about like the death of his mom, or yeah. Brian Tyree Henry's mom, I think. Okay. And they kind of just incorporated into an episode. Isn't and, that guy interesting, Brian Tyree Henry? Yeah. I want to, I, I actually keep meaning to Wikipedia him. And as of right now, I, I know. I think he's like him. a Juilliard guy. Yes. And he's a song and dance man. He's yeah. The other, he's like, if you see him on talk shows, he's lovely and he loves to talk about like grease and right. stuff like that. Yeah. Very performative. Yeah. Yeah. And he's done a lot of things, although uh-huh. I don't know outside of Atlanta if he has like the big, I don't know if they're going to put him in the MCU or maybe they already did, but like um, he's a guy I could see winning an Oscar in five years. They did put him in the MCU because he was in um, the uh, that one with uh, Kumail. Oh, he was in Eternals. He was in Eternals. Um, yeah. He was one of the Eternals. Too bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you have any interest in Doctor Strange? I do. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's going to be cool. I like Doctor Strange. Like I... There's only been one Doctor Strange movie, right? And then true, but he one. has been really influential on a couple of the crossover movies. Yeah, yeah. I think it's cool. Yep. I like the I like all the timeline switchy stuff. That's that's a uh, fascinating. He movie. hosted SNL last night, and he was fine. I would say it wasn't like Benedict Cumberbatch's SNL episode. No, no. It was just was it anyone's SNL episode? No, no. They have like a pretty good Roe v. Wade sketch to open things up. Okay, and then there were a couple of just like good clean comedy sketches that were not timely at all but were funny okay they have a an excellent chloe Feynman does impressions sketch mm-hmm. like an impression vehicle yeah uh, at the end of the episode um eh, yeah and it, it was it was kind of a forgettable episode if not a not a bad one some background on the uh so jen's watching keeping up with the kardashians on disney plus right the kardashians it's just the kardashians keeping okay. up the new show yeah, yeah. keeping up ended but the now Kardashian it's, the, it's the same damn show yes yeah so she's watching that uh and it kind of had some interesting like behind the scenes on the snl episode that she hosted okay which is interesting to watch so she did like none of the the monologue was basically written by Amy Schumer. Yes. She got together with Amy Schumer. And then so Amy like, talked about that on Stern. Yeah. Oh, yeah. nice. And so it's just showing all of all of that. And then like her, like Kanye, like walks out within like a couple minutes of it starting because he's pissed because she calls him like a rapper or something. And kind of so like he's in him. it. This is old enough that he's still around in her life because it feels like they've been broken they, up for a couple they, years. They talk about it. Yeah. But they they don't actually show him at all gotcha and then like travis barker's with courtney kardashian and (laughs) this is just like a total side story but but the snl stuff was interesting because it shows like chris rock going up to her after the show and like colin jost being like wow you were really funny like this was actually like really good but i don't know just it's funny because she didn't really (laughs) like she didn't really earn anything she Mm -hmm. kind of like had everything done for her but she hit her mark she did yeah, I guess it's the same as any actor or actress that goes on there. It's not like they're really contributing. They're just they just have to deliver. It depends on who, yeah. like like actor actress is like kind of a uh, generic term. You like to think that if like a 
Uh, oh, gee, what's an, a good example? I don't know. I well, somebody who's a, a writer also. If Jason Siegel goes on and hosts, uh, yeah, of course. SNL. So that's not what I mean. Yeah. I mean like, like if you have like Jodie Foster go on, sure. You know, it's expected that they're going to kind of the writers are going to kind of carry her through that episode. Benedict Cumberbatch, for that matter. Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, maybe they've got some insight, but you didn't really expect Kim Kardashian to have any like sort of input on the episode. Now it's worth mentioning Pete Davidson has not been in the show since like Christmas. Yeah. Uh, he was in one pre-tape music video sketch, but he has not been live on the show set in this entire calendar year. And and obviously it's been like another <laughs> yet another tabloid roller coaster for Pete Davidson being with Kim Kardashian, which a big part of me still believes is like a publicity stunt. Right. Maybe they do enjoy each other's company, but like I do not put it past the Chris Jenner machine at all no. to capitalize on this guy makes headlines and you need to be in those headlines. Right. However, kudos they have like run it for a long time like it's been quiet no i mean they've been together a while yeah it's also interesting that there's this pattern of kardashian or kardashian-esque people Mm -hmm. being into these like kind of skeevy skinny tattooed white boys yeah like travis barker yeah or machine gun kelly and uh megan uh fox for that matter yeah it's it seems to be that and NBA players, yeah, are the kind of two, the two marks there, right? Um, and the other thing about Pete Davidson is that this is not a new take, but like it's very plausible that he is a really nice guy yeah. and is really funny. Mm-hmm. He's probably a good hang, you know. And so I don't know if Kim Kardashian's looking for a good hang, but maybe she is. He's definitely the opposite of hanging out with Kanye West. Not that I know yeah. these people. I don't have parasocial relationships with these people, but and that's the word. But <laughs> thank you for that. <laughs> but like, given the choice between hanging out with those two people, I'm going to pick Pete. Most yeah. of us are certainly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hanging out with Kanye for longer than 20 seconds seems dangerous. You'd only do it for the story. Yeah. Um. So that was kind of an interesting watch. If if you have Disney Plus, which you do, you should maybe. Maybe watch that episode with Becky and just kind of see see how it goes. I just one thing I like about myself, and there's it's a short list, but <laughs> uh, it's that I've never seen a Kardashians episode. Okay, nice. Yeah, and it's not a it's not like a, a superiority thing because there's lots of bad stuff I watch, but at least I haven't crossed that line. Okay, yeah. got it. But I'm not saying to watch it because it's the Kardashians. I'm just saying no. to watch it for the behind in, the scenes of the of SNL. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> It's a really good I'm SNL not, doc. I'm not trying to sell you on the Kardashians here. <laughs> they uh, named the new doctor this morning. Um, his name is Shuti Gatwa. He's from Sex Education, which is the the British show with Gillian Anderson. He's oh. going to be the new Doctor Who. Crazy. Yep. I had no idea. So he is uh, taking over for uh, Jodie Whittaker, I guess. Interesting. Yep. Hmm. I wonder what that show's like. Like, I wonder if we watch like the first episode of every series, if we'd be like, oh, I get it. It's my understanding that if you want to like get in on Doctor Who, yeah. don't go back 50 years. No, no. No, we talked about that when we did the Doctor Who show because we watched like two important... Did we? Yeah. We talked about like two important seasons, I think. And okay. I think we did both. I think we did like a new season and I think we did like a famous season. Did we do like a like a Matt Smith and a David Tennant or something? That's exactly what we did, mm. I think. Okay. <laughs> All right. And, uh, and they were both pretty entertaining and you were kind of able to to keep up with it pardon the pun there i think there's like a like a campiness to it mm-hmm. maybe like a, a charming low budgetness to it 
That's exactly what the Matt Smith one was. Yeah. It was like the CGI seems like something you'd see on like a showcase show. Right. It was also before the golden age of prestige television. Yeah. Yeah. It was like 2008. Yeah. Kind of thing. It was even before like Sherlock was its, right. its spiritual sibling. And like Sherlock has like a quality to it. Definitely. What if they're ever going to do any more of that? Speaking of Benedict. I think it's been like purchased to develop further but i don't know if that is that the robert downey jr version or the no Def, i mean that's definitely separate no i know i was just trying to figure out which one they they purchased to develop further what yeah they're doing like a uh a guy Ritchie downey sherlock universe they're doing okay. spin-offs that, i don't that's probably what i'm thinking i don't know that it's going to feature sherlock but there's also enola holmes mm. and it's not public domain like i think it's kind of like spider-man and that it's a complicated network of licensing. Did you watch Enola Holmes? Yep. Did you like it? Yeah, sure. Okay. Yeah, it's cute. Yeah. yeah. I think they're doing more of them. Yeah, yeah. I bet. Yeah. And that's with uh, Millie Bobby Brown? Correct. And Henry Cavill plays Sherlock. Oh. Tight. Mm. And Enola is his daughter? His sister. His sister. Yeah. Weird. Yeah. So, so it's three Holmeses, I guess. There's Mycroft and Sherlock. And Enola, which is just alone backwards. The idea is that she was just like kind of off on her own. But Helena Bonham Carter is her mother. Okay. It's a mother-daughter story, but like her mother's missing or something. Mm. I forget the specifics, but it was cute. Cool. I think you should leave season three renewed. Yeah. I'm surprised it took that long to do it. It's niche, I guess. Yeah. Um, Fred Savage just got fired from the Wonder Years. This is disappointing. <laughs> it is. It's, <laughs> it's not a huge shocker. This is not the first time we've heard of this stuff with Fred Savage. With Fred Savage. Mm. It's the first time I've heard of it. Okay. But but uh, regale me with So he's the, the, the executive producer and often the director of the Wonder Years reboot. Yes. And he's been fired for, after an investigation into uh, inappropriate conduct made by him. I don't remember who has made allegations in the past, but when it was being talked about in the industry a lot more, like three years ago, his name got brought up and then maybe forgotten because it was like a dime a dozen, these stories. Right. Um, and I don't know if this is old behavior or if he just kind of kept being him. It's right. disappointing though, because you want to like Fred Savage. He seems like a nice guy. I love the Princess Bride. And if it's like, is it like sexual misconduct or like intensity on I the think, set? I think I don't. I allegedly the former. Okay, gotcha. But I don't know enough specifics to speak on it. I just think that like they're like we can't have this guy around here anymore. Damn. That's rough. Well, I mean, what's the opposite of like sexual misconduct? Just being a bully? Yeah, I don't think it's the, necessarily the opposite, but I think it's like a different, like if if there's inappropriate behavior, I feel like that could even, yeah, could be like being a bully, mm -hmm. like harassment in the sense of like, you're not getting it right. You don't. Yeah, just toxic keep in workplace up. in general. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, fair enough. Hmm. Oh, we got to talk about Dave Chappelle. Yeah, how about that? And how about Chris Rock being there? He was there. I mean, it was the Netflix Comedy Festival. Yeah. Um, but that's really quite something. That, and and like, by the way, it's easy to draw a Will Smith comparison. And if you're Chris Rock, you not only have a right to, you almost have, have a responsibility. To. Responsibility to like, what yeah. else are you going to do? There's going to be Will Smith jokes. Yeah. I do not think that this has anything to do with Will Smith. When a crazy guy rushes the stage and tries to attack no Dave and if it does the repercussions of this one 
were so severe by Buster Rhymes and Jamie Foxx. What did they do? Oh, they like, did you not see the video of the guy going into the ambulance after the fact? Apparently they like worked him in the back. They were like stomping him out. Well, okay. But but, but security security got him. It was so security was made up of celebrities. I don't know why, but this is the story. Okay. That Jamie Foxx and Buster Rhymes were like stomping him out. You can see the video of security chasing him across the stage. Maybe it was just a case of like, hey, security, bring him over here so we can like fill him in a little bit. I guess that's possible. And the other thing that I only heard once, but this hasn't been talked about at all, is that he had a knife and Whoa. and an unloaded gun. Like the gun was not, jeez, uh, uh, I guess dangerous, sort of. Did but he like, have any reason to do this? Like, was there any, or was it just like, hey, I want to be on? But that's I don't know. But that's what I'm trying to say is that after the Will Smith thing, the Kathy Griffins or whatever of the world are like, now we have to be afraid about people coming on stage right. when we make jokes about them, and that's not what happened here. Right. It's definitely not. Definitely not. Um, yeah, what a strange thing though. And then did you see Jamie Foxx's, uh, impression of Dave Chappelle? No. Oh, it was actually incredible afterwards. I, I, I won't even spoil it by trying to do my impression of his impression, okay. but you got to look it up because it was, it was the best thing ever. He's so, so talented. Jamie Super Fox. talented. Guy. Yeah. Yeah. I actually think Joe Rogan posted it <laughs> not to uh. not to uh, uh, jump on the uh, the pro Rogan bandwagon of which I am very much not on. I think but. I must have blocked Joe Rogan on my YouTube because they don't even try to suggest me his stuff anymore. That's fair. And that happened pretty quick. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good call. But I can't imagine what he's like talking about the Will Smith stuff or talking about like the uh, Herd v. Depp thing. Like he must be insufferable talking about that. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Again, I, I don't follow him very closely. Yeah. I just ha- happen to have him on Instagram. And sometimes there will be like just a video and I don't even realize who posted it. But mm. this one was Jamie Foxx doing that impression. <laughs> and I was happy in that moment that I followed Joe Rogan. So wait, was, it was Jamie Foxx on Joe Rogan? No, no. Because just... I think he has been before. Yeah, I'm sure he has been. Yeah. But this was just like, a, like, I don't know if Joe Rogan was there or if the video was just posted and he reposted it. Um, have you seen the trailer for the Weird Al movie with Radcliffe? Uh, I yes, I did. Yeah, yeah. It was, Weird. It, it was pretty much what I expected. How fast are they doing this movie? It seems like like a month ago we heard it existed, and then a week later they wrapped filming. <laughs> yeah, what's it premiering on again? I think it's a like it feels like it's Roku. Roku. <laughs> yeah, the UHF is, of streaming services. Yeah, is this yeah. the first time Roku has released a thing? I think people are going to be disappointed because I think it's going to be like. A, a drop in the bucket it's gonna be like a joke like i think it's like taking itself seriously for the sake of comedy right like it's going to be like i need to become the world's best parody musician it's not gonna be like the truthful story of uh, kind of a parody of like musician biopics but we also have the dewey cox story already it won't be the first time we've done that no but i think that's kind of what it's gonna be i also don't know if weird al can write a screenplay but I don't know. Maybe it'll have yeah. like cult status. Like the fact that one thing is that Weird Al knows a million writers that mm-hmm. love and respect Weird Al. He's universally liked. He so like I think he his team is probably pretty solid. On but it. like Daniel Radcliffe is shirtless on stage in the trailer, and he's like ripped. Like yeah. that's that's a joke in itself. Like this totally. idea that like in his prime, Weird Al was totally yoked. Right. Yes, was never the case. No, you're you're totally right there. I mean, I'm definitely gonna watch it because I was I was a huge Weird Al fan when yeah. I was a kid. But like, I think I think maybe this is not going to be something to get too excited about. I, yeah, I want to watch it, but 
I, I've got a feeling that it's going to kind of come and go. And then like a year from now, I'll be like, oh, yeah, I never watched the Weird Al thing. Uh, well, yeah. <laughs> you watched Minx season one? Not all of it. No, it did get renewed for season two. Yeah, it, it seems good. Like yeah. it, it seems like it's got the sort of quality that would. I would wanted to check it out. And if we were have renewal. podcasting a little bit more consistently or if we were more often doing two shows per week, we would have watched it for the podcast by yeah. now. Yeah. Um, but it seemed like it was kind of a cool idea. And I like the style of it. Yeah, but I haven't seen it yet, and it yeah, there's going to be a bunch of them now. You can almost kind of see where it's going. Yeah, but I like Jake Johnson. Just kind of oh, seeing yeah. him in anything, he usually usually rocks it. Did you see that your Saved by the Bell got canceled? No. Yeah. Oh, that sucks. I'm sorry. No, again, another show where I'm not sure where you can really go with it. Like a couple seasons, kind of feels like. Where were they going in the two seasons? I don't know. They were just like making their way through high school, but the yeah. second one was like was like uh it's bayside and what's the rival school like bay oh god i don't know i forget what it's called was that like from back in the 90s they had a rival? exactly okay the same rival yeah um sure <laughs> and they they had this big like uh spirit contest between the two schools and there was like i don't know it was it was funny so how frequently did the old favorites centralize the show or was it really mostly about the the new high schoolers, the no, new class? No, so so it was usually like A plot, B plot, and the B plot usually had at least Jesse and Slater in it. Okay. S sometimes Zach would be in there. Zach would be in there like every kind of like fourth episode kind of thing. It's interesting because he has established himself better as an actor than, say, Elizabeth Berkeley. Right. Like Mario Lopez is still a very famous person, although not an actor. Right. Um, Mark Paul Gossler, of all of them, has like had a steady network career. Yep. Elizabeth Berkeley, um, I feel like, was in like New Girl and Mindy, and so she's yeah. just kind of like tight in that that world. So they might have like went to her being. She, she might have been the jump off point. What's the like movie that the supposedly ruined her career? Was it Showgirls? Showgirls. Did yeah. you ever see that? Do you know anything about that? No, I looked it up, and it didn't really make that much sense to me. It's my understanding, and this is. I think I think that this speaks to the sexism of the time. It's my understanding that she was like the girl next door on a kid's sitcom. And then her first foray into like an adult role, she was topless. And yeah. that ruined her for everybody. Yeah. It seemed like there was a lot of kind of sexism about the reason that she... But also the movie didn't work. Something the about the movie... wasn't good. And like, yeah. I think... I heard Scarlett Johansson talk on Stern about how the role was between Elizabeth Berkeley and her, and it was almost oh, Scarlett's role. Crazy. And like, it would have been like a very different story had it been Scarlett. I don't know if it would have made the movie better or if it would have made her career worse. Seems but... like she would have been way younger uh, than Elizabeth Berkeley. Yeah, I don't know. Huh. Yeah, maybe you're right. Well, I, I'm probably not. But uh, I don't know anything about that movie. But the fact that it's like thought to be bad, on the other hand, there's a lot of people who really ride for showgirls. They're really? Like, no, yeah, there's it's got this like cult following that okay. people who really see something in it. Okay. Yeah. It's inspiring to them. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> These showgirls. Is Belding ever in it? Do they ever bring back Belding? Belding's never in it. Really? No. They've got uh that like character actor guy who's uh I forget Higgins? He, uh From no. Pitch Perfect? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. He's John the, Michael Higgins. He's the principal? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and he's funny in it. From Licorice Pizza. He's the racist guy in Licorice Pizza. Yes. Yeah. 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 100%. That yeah. is, that is him. Uh, then the other reboot that's exciting. We already know about Red and Kitty, 
but we got yeah. Topher Grace, Laura Prepon, Wilder Vom, Valderrama, non-problematic ones. Mila Kunis and Ashton Kutcher all returning for that 90s show. When's that coming out? I don't know, but it seems like they're picking up steam on it. And it's going to be a Netflix show. Yeah. We didn't talk about, did we talk about Netflix kind of like shitting the bed? I don't think we have since. We did, because we, we, we talked about how you had really like said so the week before. Right. Yeah. And I don't know that it's, I feel like the the floor is just open for anyone at this point. I guess. All takers. I kind of think that we reacted a little, I don't mean you and me, I just mean the royal, we reacted a little too strongly to them having a bad quarter. This guy isn't falling. It's no. a weird time for everybody. Netflix is still mega powerful. Also, what do we care? As long as there's a channel for us to, or a, a, a platform for us to get to stream whatever show is popular. Then Look, I bet great. it's making Ted Sarandos crazy that Tim Cook won an Oscar before he did. Mm, and so this true. is only going to fuel the quality content or more Oscar bait. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe they'll tone down some of the Ryan Reynolds uh movies that maybe they, they won't because those are what keep them <laughs> those, yeah those like that michael bay movies or uh i mean i guess this is if you believe what they say but every time they put out some movie that's like objectively bad yeah <laughs> but has something so is ambulance supposed to be like kind of good in spite of itself or not even in spite of itself it's just like it almost has like an inside man style like no, I don't. Think you, I don't think you want to qual- uh, compare it to a Spike Lee movie. Okay. <laughs> I don't think you want to do okay. that. But I think that if you understand that you're coming for a Michael Bay movie, that's almost aware that it's a Michael Bay movie. Yeah. And you got good actors in it. Sure. Okay. And it must have suspense. I think it's more like Speed. Sure. Okay. I'm, I ride for Speed. <laughs> but sure. Yeah. yeah. You know, there's a time and a place. Um, yeah. I haven't heard. I haven't heard that it's really bad. But if. If someone were to say that it's really bad, I would question whether or not they expected a Spike Lee movie. Right. Yeah. I mean, Inside Man, though, is like, it's not like, it's just kind of an action movie with a little more depth. It does have a little more depth. And it's like a great, it's a great suspense movie. And it's like, yeah, good thriller. I guess. What is the difference? You're right. Because it's kind of silly to say that it's a Spike Lee movie as if it's do the right thing. But Denzel lets lends some credibility, but I guess why can't Jake Gyllenhaal also? Clive Owen, Denzel. I guess because like the Shawshank Redemption, mm-hmm. and that's like a, a hefty comparison, but like it, it's a movie that kind of gets you. Right. At the end, you're like, oh. All right. Yeah, yeah. You're right. And I don't expect Ambulance has a great twist. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I'm not yeah. willing to. I feel like this is Michael Bay was finally like, can we just make a, a good, somewhat good movie? Yeah. Maybe. Speaking of the Shawshank Redemption, my thing, uh, this is how I found comfort last week. Mm-hmm. I watched like truly no less than 30 different people react to the Shawshank Redemption on YouTube. How? Oh. It's a big thing. Did you like that? Yeah, it was really comforting. Okay. Because it's like showing your friend a movie that you love and they've never seen before and you kind of watch it through their eyes. So it's just like uh, uh, like uh, edited... So, like, like, movie reactions is a big thing on YouTube. Mm. People have channels with, like, 100,000 subscribers, 100 million subscribers. And it's generally, like, usually it's, like, girls, frankly, who've never seen Star Wars. That's where it right. starts. And then they watch Lord of the Rings. And then they watch, like, the MCU. And then they watch all the Oscar movies. And But it's not just that. It's It's... In greater premise, people who for some reason haven't seen all the movies you've seen and they're going to watch them for the first time. Right. And with movies like The Shawshank Redemption, which really mean a lot to people, they get millions of hits. And so what I would do is just like, I'd get in an algorithm of them and watch this guy after that girl, after that girl, after this guy. 
and I'd skip to the end. I just watched the last five minutes of them watching just when Andy's not in his cell. Right. And then through the end. And they always get so happy. They always yeah. get so excited when he oh, walks into the bank. Freeman. Oh, the guy he made up. The shoes. Yeah. The beach. It's, it was nice. Nice. Yeah. I cannot see myself doing that. No, hey, look, but, I don't recommend it. But, I don't think it was like a sign of mental stability on my part. <laughs> But it was just a very like comfort, comforting, like safe universe. I okay. decided to repeat over and over. Cool. Again. Yeah, I could see, I could see this being something where I have friends over and one of them puts one on, and no, then no. we go down. You won't do that. Hole. You won't do. You that. don't think so? No. Okay. No, I don't think so. They're making the Batman too. That was a foregone conclusion. Right. And our paths is in for it. Yeah. 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 John Stewart's gonna be this year's recipient of the Mark Twain American Prize for Humor. Okay. Cool. But, I, I wonder what his show's like. I've seen a couple of YouTube things. It's just John Stewart. Yeah. Some more. Okay. It's fine. John Stewart some more. Yeah. Um Yeah, I oh, I finished Moon Knight and I did not really get it. You're not like, alone. I was like, okay, that's a thing. And I wasn't even really super entertained through it. Yeah, it you're was not just kind of like, what a what a weird ride. I'm not gonna watch it because a lot of disappointment, apparently. Yeah. yeah. With like even Jen and I finished it and just jen was like so what does that mean like and why they're apparently not thinking about doing more no i couldn't imagine that oscar isaac or ethan hawk well ethan hawk i don't know he seems like kind of fun like he seems like he might be like he's oh, down un- for he's it. unpredictable but don't forget it was surprising when he signed on to do a franchise in the first place yeah but yeah. then also it seems like oscar isaac gets kind of bitter about franchises pretty quickly sure um, Ethan Hawke's in this like really weird horror movie coming out. Oh yeah, where he like like steals a kid and like keeps him in the basement kind oh, of thing. Oh my god! And then it turns to like almost kind of like a like he comes down. And he's like, "What's your name? Don't lie to me," kind of thing. And he's got like like showing like the outline of like devil horns that he put on. It's uh, really creepy. See, that seems too scary for me. Although I always want to show up for Ethan Hawke if I can. Sure. Yeah. I haven't taken in much content at all. It's so strange to like, like my nights, I'll have time for like one show, Mm. not like multiple, multiple shows and chill viewing. Uh, James Corden, one more year. Says he's going to leave. Yep. Who's going to take his place? So my guess is no one. Okay. I think it's I think it's dead, but I don't know if the that's network good, I don't know if the networks are, are willing to admit that it's dead. Right. But I think Jimmy Fallon's the last host of the Tonight Show. I think these folks are kidding themselves if they think that they can just like put another guy in a suit and have him do a monologue and interview two guests. Mm, yeah, that's valid. There's um I because don't know now there's also this like whole idea that you have to give. <sighs> You have to offer a, a platform to somebody else and like it becomes like this really big political thing and like mm-hmm. there's no pleasing everybody. Right. And it's they love to talk about the ratings like it's sports scores mm-hmm. and people don't really it's all it's just a YouTube show. Yeah. Right. It's extremely corporatized. Right. I feel like it's going to be like the Z-Ways and the Dizas and Miros that just managed to find their little avenues and become super popular. You mean where they are now, or they're yeah, going to get elevated? where they are now. Oh, yeah. like, like the, And that's going to kind of become... The, the most main. eyeballs a talk show gets is Hot Ones. Right. By far. Yeah, yeah. Hot Ones, another great pull. Yeah. Yeah, so that's maybe going to be... But Hot Ones also, weirdly, like, sometimes you 
after Saturday Night Live, Hot Ones comes on. Yeah, that's true. And you're like, oh, this airs? Mm. Really weird. Yeah, but you can get it for free, and it gets just an insane amount of views, and it's quality content. It is. It seems like a gimmick. That's the great thing about Hot Ones. Right. It's not gimmicky. I really wish Nardwire would. Like, there's a place for Nardwire. Yeah. And, And the thing that, like, Sean Evans gets sometimes is... Whoa, this is like Nardwar style, which is such a huge compliment. It but is. like, I don't know. I would say maybe like, like one percent of people know who Nardwar is. Right. Well, he's more of a Canadian thing, right? I think so. Yeah. But he's he's got a pretty. He might have a somewhat of a YouTube following, but I just want that guy to be famous. Is he around? Does he still do that? He character? still does it. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. It, with who? Like random musical artists, like okay. Tyler the Creator. Oh no, kidding. Yeah. And whoever. Do you suppose that you would recognize the guy who does Nardwar if you were to see him, like, out of the hat and everything? Yeah, like, I don't think he's, a, like, a million miles away from what Nardwar actually is. Like, I've, I, he posted a video of him being, intro, uh, being um, interviewed in high school, and he's, like, basically talking the exact same way really? about how, yeah, like, he's, he's, like, my parents want me to be a lawyer, and I'm not really sure that I want to be a lawyer. Maybe he just doesn't know how to be off. Like, maybe he doesn't know how to be natural when he's performing. That might be true. Like, but I don't, I don't know. Because why I would, really don't why know. would he need a silly name and a silly costume if he already is silly? Yeah, I don't, I, I think some of those things are just like holdovers from when he was in this band that he was in. And that kind of like became his personality. I don't think I knew he was in a band. Yeah, he was in this like East Vancouver band that was kind of like a punk band and okay. really weird stuff, I guess. But all right, but not weird in like a like a like just weird in like kind of kind of bizarre musical performances. It is interesting though because what he was doing in like the early two thousands was what youtube was perfect for before youtube existed so perfect and then he still hasn't quite found like i don't maybe he's got like like maybe i'm totally wrong here and he's got like a billion uh, youtube followers but i don't think so but it is interesting that they haven't tried or maybe he's just like got so much integrity but they haven't tried to like make him a correspondent on hockey night in canada or something i haven't like found a way to make him like molson presents nardwar's minute yeah with Margaret Atwood or something. I think he might run like a college like indie show in Vancouver on which I am like I don't even know if you get paid for that Nardwar. I don't know. Maybe he's the guy who's like making $60,000 a year doing doing interviews with Tyler the creator. But also selling real estate. Maybe he's also selling real estate. He's like a magnet. It's really Nardwar's just a side hustle. Yeah. Yeah. He is he he owns three like (laughs) Three massive buildings. Right. Like yeah. rental properties He's or just something. following his passion and yeah. his off time. Let's talk about shows. Let's get into it. Do you want to pick one? Sure. I'll pick I Love That For You. Okay. All right. Because <laughs> I think that regardless of my love for We Own The City, uh, I won't be able to accurately recap it. Nope. Me neither. But I guess that's my future. <laughs> okay. Well, I'll help you through it. Okay. I appreciate or, it. Or I can just try, try doing that one because I actually did watch it twice. I watched it last night. I fell asleep a couple of times during, but okay. uh, I'll do my best. All right. You recap. I love that for you because it's your turn. Uh, in three, two, one, go. Okay. So Vanessa Bear plays a uh, 
a woman that's working in Costco. She is a former cancer. She's a cancer survivor. Um, when she was a kid, she uh, she had cancer and became obsessed with the shopping channel, basically like SVN is what it's called. Um, she ends up getting her dream job at SVN and trying to find her way, but can't really find her niche. Although she's very talented at what she's doing. Um, she ends up basically having a blow up after she gets fired saying, I have cancer. Although she doesn't have cancer anymore. She just. I would nitpick uh, where you said that she's actually very talented at it. I think that she has the germ of someone who can be good at uh, being a personality on like QVC or something because she's watched so much of it. That's what but I mean. she has no idea in real life or otherwise how to be natural. No, that's she's constantly putting on these airs. That's right. I, I think that she's good at it in in a way that it's like, yeah, she's just been kind of performing that in her bedroom her whole life. And for but her, she's not a natural like talker at all. Clearly, ever since she had childhood leukemia, I think it is, or at least that's what Vanessa Bayer had in real life. Oh, is that true? That's what it's based I on. I was wondering if that was a, a bio biographical thing. for her whole adult life she clearly does not milk the being a cancer survivor thing in fact she doesn't tell people no. and so they're urging her to use her own story to sell items on tv like let, let them know you like right. be their friend yeah speak from the heart and she doesn't really know how to use that and it occurs to me that like if she if she tells them that she like had cancer or was a cancer survivor that's an interesting story suddenly she's more uh relatable and maybe she'll be better at, at selling stuff on tv right but she goes the other way and lies and says she still she has cancer. still has it i i found that so frustrating because i was like it's enough of a story yeah. to say you had it, it that's your and that, that is your story formed your entire you life. had a struggle you're a relatable yeah. person but i realized i guess and i actually had the moment while watching it like am i gonna like the fact that she has to keep putting this charade up well, I think we're like, going to find that they are all putting up the charade. And so the right. the other young woman who works there, who's like not Molly Shannon, but like the new hotshot who like talks about how her kids are obsessed with her and everything. Right. We're going to meet her family in episode two or three and they're going to be awful. awful. Yeah. Um, and probably also with Molly Shannon, who, I mean, she's polluted by the egomania of having been like their star performer for generations. Right. I think she's more or less going to be a good guy. Yes, she seems, definitely. She seems to be uh, Vanessa Bayer's ally, although she has also got all kinds of problems. A with lot of baggage. A there, lot too. of baggage. Probably a lot of falsity in her persona. Yeah, yeah. I um, I liked it. Like this is like the perfect, <laughs> like Vanessa Bayer just bayering it up like the whole she time. She has such a unique brand of awkward where yeah. she like grunts or mm, yeah mm, she grunts yeah. she slurs words yeah and she just doesn't know how to phrase stuff right and the and then just maintains like a blank smile she where used she's to, like used to do that so well on yeah. snl and i don't i don't love that we haven't found a place for vanessa bear so i really appreciate that she's making herself one yeah it reminded me of the level of humor and I, maybe it's because molly shannon was in it but it reminded me of the same kind of humor that's in like the other two I never saw. I'm a stan of. Uh, yeah, we did. We did it on the show once, I think. The other two. Remember, the brother is, it's like two kind of people in their 30s, and the younger brother is like a Justin Bieber type. You've talked about it a lot. But we haven't done it? We've never done it. I've oh, never seen it. Okay. Anyways, it kind of reminded me of that. Molly Shannon's also in that as the mom. Are we definitely in like the great Molly Shannon revival era? I don't. What else has she been in? Well, she was in the White Lotus last year, and that was like a memorable performance. 
And then she also put, don't you remember she plays the crazy mother-in-law who shows up on the honeymoon? Oh, yeah, right. She's also been doing a lot of talk shows because she has a memoir out, which I guess she's like got quite a story. There was like a terrible car accident and her mom and her like uncle and two of her siblings died on the same day. Whoa. She has this story about like being a little girl waking up in the hospital essentially from a coma and nobody will tell her where her mom is. Oh my God. And then so she's raised by her dad who was like, by all accounts, a really wonderful guy. Yeah. But not fully equipped to be grieving his whole family and also raising a little girl by himself. And so like, I guess he, this is how she essentially became kind of a free-spirited actress that yeah. he was just like okay let's make you an actress then right. hey you should just go to new york this weekend and like try and get auditions she's like like 14 okay <laughs> yeah. and so she has this great story about how she and her friend this is maybe when they're in their 20s but it's pre-snl she and her friend would um be each other's agent and okay. their thing was always that they uh worked with david mammon that was always the thing like I've got, you know, um, I'm I'm a representative for, for Molly Shannon and she just got through uh, working, workshopping a new play with David Mamet and she would love an opportunity to come in and speak with you. And that's like, so that's, funny. And it worked, I guess. It's yeah. like essentially how she got rolling. That's incredible. She's really cool. And she was, so, so this is all from a Stern listen? She did a great Stern okay. and she's got a new book out. Right. But, but that's why you heard her on Stern. Yeah, but she's gone around a little bit. She's done okay. like a bunch of, a bunch of interviews. And now she's on this show uh, where she plays like superstar QVC host. Yeah. Which is kind of perfect for her. I loved it. Yeah. I read some reviews where people aren't like totally on board. Really? But I thought it was really good. Yeah. It seems like the type of show that's going to have a pretty solid following. They established that like she wants to be a host on QVC, but then they show her as like the samples lady at Costco Mm -hmm. and she's selling the samples like she's on QVC. Yeah. Which I thought is so smart. And it's not, (laughs) I don't want to be rude, but like that is the lowest rung of doing that for a living right of like this doing it is the it's the bottom tier of being home shopping network is right. trying to give away the samples at costco yes i thought that was so funny yeah and we got a little brief jason schwartzman she's on her yeah like, what a weird she's on her uh, second plunge. or third date with him and she is like overestimated how serious they are and yeah. he gets kind of iffy and bails where is jason schwartzman i don't know he did the exact same thing in um uh righteous gemstones Okay. Where he was like a character who came in for an episode and a half hmm. and then was just gone. It's weird. He It seems like for the most part, he just waits around to be a 30th of the next Wes Anderson movie every five years. Yeah. Yeah. How's that guy making money? I, well, he's a Coppola. Doesn't hurt. Yeah, sure. But you he think that money. like it could also help. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah. He's, you'd think he'd be like producing stuff. Maybe he is. That's what I thought. Like, yeah. how come he hasn't been the star and showrunner of like a quirky thing yeah not sure in fact he's never been like the lead of a thing he's been good in a lot of stuff but has there ever been a thing where it was like it was good because it was on his back probably rushmore oh well that's true but it's also a wes anderson thing yes and bill murray yes very true but you're not wrong because he is definitely the heart and soul of the movie bored to death was the show that he did with zach alfanakis yeah it was like kind of a two-parter so yeah i don't know if it was fully on his back but right um, when she's new at the job, I get major radio intern vibes. Yeah. Because this is something that you and I have both like worked with a lot of these people who are like fresh out of school and it it's the most important thing to them that they impress. Right. And that comes in a few different versions. Sometimes it's like being 
really annoying and, and really right uh and certainly very awkward like she is yeah it's and, familiar and she's so happy about seeing like her her name like on the the door i think she like takes a picture and it's like a post-it note right when in fact this whole universe has already been long since disillusioned for you and, right. and you're like okay well to stop being so excited but then also she's not like this but like there's another brand of it where they're like cocky because they think that'll make them fit in mm, yeah yeah <laughs> that's irrational confidence oh it's it can be a, like a really really frustrating dynamic speaking with people who who she's essentially uh standing in for right um i guess that's all i have to say about it it was good. I like it. It was good. Funny show. It was directed by Michael Showalter, another person who's had like a crazy year. This yeah, he, this year alone, he directed The Eyes of Tammy Faye, all of The Dropout. Yes, um, I knew The Dropout. All of Search Party, which okay. ended, but it has been like a big thing for me yeah. and also was on this year and this show. I never watched uh, the Michael Showalter Showalter. <laughs> which I think is the best name yeah. ever. It was on like Comedy Central or something. Yeah. But apparently it was very bizarre. He was like a wet, hot American summer guy, I think. Yeah, he was from the state with yeah. like Ken uh, Ken Marino and uh, mm. Joe Latrulio. And... He directed The Big Sick. I think I know He directed The Big too. Sick, yeah. 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 Yeah, that guy's got a lot of work. Reliable guy. Mm -hmm. Industry guy. I give it my ass. I liked, I love that for you. Me too. Yeah. All right. Uh so I guess I'll recap uh, the first episode of We Own This City. Do you want me to jump in at any point too or just like maybe come in at the end? Yeah, feel free to Try. jump in. I, I, It's kind of a lot going on here. Yeah. There's a lot of people introduced in the first thing and they don't all overlap right away. Right. Okay. Well, we're going to recap We Own This City in... We Own This City in three, two, one. Uh, all of this takes place within uh, the police department largely uh, in the year-ish following uh, a pretty high profile incident where um, a black teenager died while in custody by Baltimore police. And so we're focusing a lot on the culture of brutality within this particular police force and how they're learning to behave differently. Um, there's also this whole political arm and how like the governor or the mayor or something is trying to change the system. My time's up. I spoke slowly on purpose. So yeah, First of all, it jumps around a lot. Well, and I should say also, um, Freddie Gray is, is I didn't realize that this was a true story. I'm like halfway through this thing. And then they start talking about um, the election. Yeah. If Hillary wins, right. and I'm like, hang on a second. And then I realized that this is like historical nonfiction. Right. <laughs> yeah. Just, and Freddie Gray was a real incident. I, I'm, I'm sorry for not knowing that, but like it was a real case where uh, he was stopped by police. He was taken into custody. And then like while in the vehicle sustains like head trauma and dies. Right. Yeah. I don't think you need to be sorry for that. I, I, I just think didn't it's know. Fine. Blind spot. To have. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so it's based on, I learned after the fact that it's based on uh, an, basically like an article that was, or an expose. It's a I book. Suppose. It was a book. Maybe okay. it's a journalistic full, book. Full book. Yeah. Um, and then David Simon kind of got a hold of it and wanted to do a six-part series. But I love that it's kind of like a sibling. Oh, well, David to... Simon, there's the other. Uh, oh, no. David Simon's The Sopranos, isn't it? Or is he The Wire? No, he's The Wire. So this is, it is okay to say this is The Wire sequel. 100%. Like, they made it like The Wire. Like, it is, it is for sure The Wire 2.0. Okay. All right. Yeah. There's... And I don't think anyone has any problem with saying that. It's just like... Well, it's not an ego thing if it's the guy. No. That's fine. No, like give me six pieces of the wire, but rather than from the drugs department, from like the gun department. The difference is it is a true story. Yes, that too. Yeah. That too. 
Um, but the way that they're doing it with showing, you know, kind of both sides and, you know, some of the, some of the villains and how they're, but also straight up crooked cops. Oh yeah. Like there's, and this is the actual story. Like it's such a, such a wild Well, story. and the opening of the series is really compelling. It's Bernthal uh, teaching a class. He's essentially totally. like talking, I guess, to cadets about what your temperament needs to be like when you're out on the force. And then immediately we cut to him out there being quite the opposite of what he says you need to behave like. Well, and, and so this is a key point too. So he's giving that speech in like 2016, I mm. think. And then when he, you know, smacks the the brown bag out of which i guess is also kind of an allusion to something that was said in the wire in the wire i learned what happens is a, a guy uh, walks out of a liquor store and he's got like booze in a brown paper bag yeah no words are exchanged all he does is walk out of a store Stare him down. and he has like a, a stare down with bernthal the police officer yeah bernthal is holding a billy club right but it looks scarier than the typical like police officer billy club yeah and he just walks up to him and just like really hard takes a swing at the brown paper bag and shatters it everywhere and the yeah. guy just walks off like okay i'm not fighting so there's like 50 cent playing in the background and you're supposed to take away from that that like okay this is years ago and it's when he was actually a beat cop which he's now not he's like right and so i guess the question having seen only one is is he teaching this lesson having learned better or is he just saying what he's supposed to say and he still harbors all of this like bitterness and resentment because at the end of the episode he gets nailed he gets yeah, arrested right yeah and he gets tricked he's like kind of brought into the office on some other kind of pretense yeah and then they cuff him and they like pin him against the, the wall fbi like pins him and he's like yeah. i'm one of you and they're like we're not you're not one of us right yeah um yeah, I th I think you're not really supposed to know hmm. like it, how bad he is. I think you're supposed to take that away from that like brown bag scene mm -hmm. that he's probably like has a, has abused his powers. But in the second episode, it really shows his kind of coming up through and being like more innocent and kind of seeing people get put in jail that like maybe they shouldn't do that. But there's also this um they make an effort to justify some of this bad police behavior as long as it stays on the right side of the line right and so there are other guys who are they're like i've got guys who have like 50 complaints against them right but always the cases get thrown out right and and the big the big problem for them is the balance between like work they call it like a work slowdown yeah where people just aren't making arrests because mm -hmm. they're worried about the the right the fallout of that right um, and everybody's filming everything now every right. time the police enter an incident everybody takes out their cell phones and the they're concerned that crime is going undetected or crime is in fact worsening because police right. are afraid of becoming you know uh central to an incident exactly and then josh charles character that hersel guy is actually like continually making arrests but he's like such an asshole he's like such a bad guy he's clearly such a bad cop right um and he you're right he's not really afraid of the camera phones no no to the to the extent that like like his partner is like i'm not gonna get indicted for this like call an ambulance he's like if, oh everyone's so sensitive if only because i know that john bernthal is like in a way the main character of the show or at least one of um i'm inclined to think that though he's flawed we're supposed to think he's not josh charles that josh charles right. is the villain he's bad as bad as can be yeah and he's voldemort but maybe uh, we got a Snape over here too who we can redeem. That there might be, a, yeah. But then there's also this other young dude who's like a police officer 
Yes. Um, I don't know the character's name, but he's like younger than us. Yes. And he's like a like a white guy, um, kind of a pretty boy. And he seems to want to do right. Yeah, he's kind of like outside. He Yeah, he's like the guy who I think ends up like exposing the whole thing mm-hmm. by finding the, the two trackers. And then you start to learn who the who the crooked cops are inside from that kind of inciting event. I noticed in the opening monologue, which I thought was like really good, and Bernthal yeah. is so good. So good. He's really... Puts on the Baltimore accent. I was going to say, he's, he's really doing the Baltimore accent, yeah. which is fine. Uh, but then I noticed it was inconsistent, and I wondered, is the idea that he's like code switching? Is the idea that he's like sometimes trying to be like a tough guy who doesn't have that particular accent? He's like on the streets, and other times he's like a fine upstanding, tight collared, like kind of colloquial Baltimore accented kind of guy uh, teaching know. your class. Maybe it's kind of like how Mick Jagger doesn't have a British accent when he sings. But what, so when he's like, when <laughs> Bernthal's angry. Is that a thing? Does Mick Jagger, he kind of does. Well, it's like how, how most British people don't have like, you know, you could, it doesn't sound like, doesn't necessarily sound like the same. You know the song part. Motion Sickness by Phoebe Bridgers? Uh, I have emotional motion sickness. Somebody roll the window down. It's like a good, it's a good, like, uh, heartbreak song. She's cool. And so uh, the thing to know about that song is it's when um, Ryan Adams was married to Mandy Moore and he was like out, like, like taking on ingenues to be his apprentices and actually just like sleeping with them. Yeah. One of them was Phoebe Bridgers. And so this song is about how like she like trusted this guy and like this guy, but he was just like a sleazy guy who likes younger girls and stuff. Right. And in the second verse she says, and why do you sing with an English accent? guess it's too late to change it now (laughs) (laughs) that's hilarious i know yeah there are some people who also put on speaking of johnny depp yeah that uh, just randomly have british accents but i just find for the most part while singing you can't really detect it quite as much from british people no except for ed sheeran who's like yeah bed sheets (laughs) (laughs) does sing about bed sheets a lot that bed sheets man he's earned it he is british yes he, he gets as many bed sheets as he wants. He can do what he's right. <laughs> Good bed sheets too. That's right. Thread counts. Yeah. Um, uh, anything else you want to say about this? Um, I, I was just like kind of happy to be, it's been a, like probably 11 years since I watched The Wire. Mm. So to kind of like go back to that world, but with like new, because I don't like to rewatch stuff. So to have like some new story from the same person, but also updated. Mm. Like the, the frustrating thing about The Wire is you're watching them them go on like these desktop computers and like not none of them have phones and right. they you know they have burner phones and stuff but and was the, the wire so committed to being like socially conscious and yes. relevant yeah the, the whole point of the wire it's in the supposed end, to be a microcosm of like america today that's right okay because that is what this is and really the end of the wire is kind of like you know what it just keeps happening like mm. the last scene is like yeah, the mayor gets in and like has to make some questionable decisions, even though he started from a place of like really trying to help. And then, yeah, like, the dealers are still dealing, and a little kid gets his hand on some crack and then like tries to sell it. And you know, cops are retiring, and the process keeps going. In the ghetto, the Elvis Presley song. Yeah, that's that's yeah, kind of the same thing. Yeah, I'm sure it was it just that song. cycles back. Yeah, uh, seriously, that's a great song. And the thing about the wire, and I know we did it on the podcast years ago. I, I have really otherwise never seen it. Mm-hmm. And I appreciate that it's thought to be like top three all-time greatest show. Um, but for some reason, I can't shake this idea that it's a procedural cop drama. No. That, like this week, it's this case. I know it's not. Yeah, yeah. 
but it feels to me like that's what it is. I would say, though, every season there's kind of another case. Yeah. So in that way, I guess it kind of is, but it's it's more drawn out and it has the same characters in it, but there might be some new characters introduced or focus might. Right, but it's, it's not what we would call a procedural. No, definitely not. I don't know. I guess because I don't have the foundation for The Wire, I struggled with this. Um, it's I, it's not it's not an easy show to follow. It was slow too, yeah. and it was like very talky talky. And I was really in on the Burnthal stuff in the beginning, yeah. Where he's like gives that great monologue, and then he turns out to be sleazy, yeah. And then we leave him for a half an hour. We do, and that was kind of frustrating for me. And so I found it kind of a kind of a slog in that sense. Yeah, I had to turn on the. Um, it's not a like check your phone show. Like I had to turn on the subtitles. Yeah, me too. And and like really follow along. And I would stop it sometimes and go back to be like, okay, what what you saying? Who is this person? Yeah. So we just have one of them out so far? Two out. Yeah. He's been doing a little bit of press for it and he's just coming across like the nicest guy. I don't know if that's a new vibe for him. I guess I don't have a I haven't like experienced a lot of him just being John Bernthal. But um because he has this reputation for like being the Punisher or right. the guy in Wolf of Wall Street, he's like so famously always a tough guy and he is in this as well. Yep. I think he's trying to play up the, no, actually, I'm like, I really love my dog and my girlfriend. Totally. Like, I'm a nice person. Well, that's why he was a hilarious choice for King Richard. Where he's like, it's right. She will a curse. Yeah, like, he's such a sweetie in yeah. King Richard. Yeah. Yeah, you're so right. Um, you know what? I can't give the show my ass because it didn't resonate with me at all. Okay. Uh, but I do give uh, the other show my ass. Okay, I give We Own the City my ass in a big way. I'm really excited about Great. it. Good for you. Um. <laughs> I, it sounded condescending. I do mean it. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy you're excited about it, and I hope that that it goes uh, it, it goes in the direction that you think it is. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I think it'll be an interesting. It, it's it's almost like a one of those podcasts that that influences a show, like mm. a six part podcast, where but more interesting because it's David Simon. So I hope it's good, and and also no pressure of a second season or anything, and keeping up. That it's just like you get this little taste of it, and then then it's done. Right. Okay. Well, uh, they've released the guest lineup for uh, David Letterman's next season of My Next Guest Needs No Introduction. They are doing more of that. Oh, lay it on me. Like Tiffany Haddish. Okay. And like Cardi B. Like, this has kind of been the case for a long time. It's one thing that was nice about comedians in cars getting coffee is that like Jerry only talked to people he wanted to talk to. Yeah. I just cannot believe that Dave wants to talk to Cardi B. Yeah. Wasn't there something that he said like his favorite um guest so far has been lizzo really yeah <laughs> I, I remember seeing that like a lizzo year was ago. cool i like lizzo but yeah. like that's just strange to me i can remember when dave left thinking we're never going to see dave again yeah and that has turned out not to be true at all not at all he actually likes the crowd yeah. he's not as cranky as we thought he was no. he has like an active youtube channel now that he turns up on with new content really yeah just doing what telling stories like reacting to headlines like he always it's him and like mary who used to be his executive producer on the show you'd recognize her okay or like somebody else like he still still has a staff that's wild yeah still got a team the letterman team he has like office space it's shot in their office but then they also like use old content from the show like his youtube channel is very active but he's on it too and now he's doing more of these talk shows one of the guests is will smith that's wild but it was filmed before the slap pre-slap yeah pre-slap so it's kind of got this cloud of like irrelevance has he spoken on the youtube channel about what he thought about the slap yeah he has yeah and he was at uh the netflix comedy festival this weekend and he got up on stage and he like did a scared face and he's like oh i thought somebody was coming up here (laughs) (laughs) wow so he's like still doing late night that's crazy yeah 
still standing up. Mm-hmm. I like it. Yeah. He doesn't trust Will Smith anymore. He sat down with him. Yeah, and, and Will he's... Smith looked him in the eye and said, I will never slap someone. It's not, I'm not the type of guy who's going to get up on a stage and slap someone, Dave. No. Everyone laughs. You know me. I'm not a slapper. Hold for laughs. And then like two weeks went by. Slapped a man. Right. Right on stage. And for that reason, you never trust me.